what kind of personality you are, but my personality is that I am like, I'm ready to go. I was talking to someone about 2023 and he said to me, he's like, man, I feel like you're running in 2023 and I'm still walking out of 2022. And like, I was like, yeah, that's true. That, that's who I am. Like I'm, I'm on the run. I'm, I mean, I start my day with a run and then I'm running to try and um, get ready for work. And then I'm, I'm running late to get to work. And I'm just like, I'm just running. Um, but I did hear something really great about being late. So how many of you find it a little bit difficult to make it somewhere on time? Give me a wave. Okay, there's a few of us and I feel like there's a bunch that are not confessing. Anyway, if you are challenged in that area, um, I heard that it's actually just that it's not that we're not efficient or good with our time. We're not really late. We just don't correctly estimate how long it's going to take to do everything that we need to do before we leave the house, right? We're not really late. We're just bad at our estimation. But I have a couple of quotes for us people that struggle in this area. The first one is, it's better to be late than arrive ugly. Amen. Amen. It is better to be late than arrive ugly. And you know what? The older you get, the longer it takes to look good. So, hey, if we're late, at least we're not arriving ugly. All right, the second one is, um, ah, it's probably on the screen already. Is it on the screen? Ah, there we go. I hate being late, but I am so good at it. I do. Like, I hate being late, but I'm so good at it. But this is my goals for 2023, so pray for me. Um, All I have to do is, you know, just be a little bit more efficient with my estimation. It's just a decision, right? All it takes is one decision. If I could just decide to do one less thing before I left the house, I would be on time. So simple. We'll see, we'll see. But you know what? Um, I read a statement a while ago and I actually shared it with the youth a couple of weeks back. And it says this, the decisions that you make today determine the future that you have tomorrow. I really believe that the decisions that you and I make today can determine the future that we have tomorrow. Some things are out of our control, but a lot of things we actually have the power to decide on. It's, it's actually down to our decisions. The reality is that your life and mine is basically a total of the decisions that we make and also the total of other people's decisions as well. They both impact us. But really, life does come down a lot to decisions. And, you know, I've called this message decision collision because every decision that we make causes some kind of collision in our lives. It has a cause and effect. It, it determines our destiny. Now, as Christians, the good news is we get to add the God factor to every decision that we make. And I'm so thankful for that because sometimes my ability to make decisions is not all that crash hot. I've made a few shockers. I've made some really dumb decisions. But thank God that with Jesus, one or two dumb decisions do not have to define our life, right? God is so good. And sometimes He actually takes those dumb decisions that we make. And He, if we respond rightly to Him, He actually works it all out for our good. That is the God that we serve. But there are, I want to go to the Bible for a bit of proof of this, because there are a lot of dumb decisions that people made throughout the Bible. And there are also a lot of history-defining decisions that we see. And I reckon that one of the first, uh, biggest, dumbest decisions that we read about has got to be Eve, right? She took the fruit. Come on. And we've been paying the price ever since. Dumb decision. But you know what? Even in that, We see redemption because God then sent His Son Jesus to restore our relationship with Him. And now we can, like in the Garden of Eden, we can communicate with God. He took that dumb decision and He turned it around. 
What about Moses? I like Moses. Uh, Moses actually killed an Egyptian, which was a really dumb decision. But then God used him to save a nation. He was not just identified by that one decision. He's remembered for saving an entire nation. I love that. One of our favorites is David, right? He saw a beautiful woman, Bathsheba. He slept with her. He even orchestrated to kill her husband. But we know that God turned to everything around. He's known as a man after God's own heart, one of the greatest kings in the lineage of Jesus. This guy is incredible. And then let's not forget Samson. How many of you know about Samson? He got stuck on this woman called Delilah. Dumb decision. He lost all his strength. He really lost his way. But you know what? Even in that, in his last moments, God came on the scene again, returned his strength to him. He won a great victory. God still turned things around. And then our favorite, Peter. We heard about him a couple of weeks ago when Sam shared. And man, Peter's full of dumb decisions, right? He told Jesus off. He cut off the ear of that guy. He denied Jesus three times. He, you know, lost of Jesus and start to sing. On and on we go with Peter. And yet God uses him as team captain for the apostles to start the church, to birth history, like dumb decisions completely turned around. And then we have those people in the Bible that I love reading about who just decided that they were gonna serve God no matter what, that they were gonna make a stand, that their decision was sure, and they changed history. I think about Noah. He chose to obey God and build the ark when he didn't even know what, what rain was, let alone a flood. And in the midst of ridicule and teasing, he built that ark and he saved humanity. We look at Daniel. Daniel's a great one. We just heard about him, actually. He chose to pray three times a day and, you know, he He'd make that decision so that when the law came that you could only pray to the king, he defied that. He still prayed to God. He got thrown in the lion's den, but we know the story. God shut the mouths of the lions and that nation turned to Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, same thing, made a decision. We are not gonna serve any other God but the one true God. They got thrown in the fiery furnace, but they came out of that furnace without even having the smell of smoke. It was amazing. So many men and women throughout the Bible Um, Then even, you know, Joseph, I love Joseph, right? Throughout all the series of events in his lives, so much hardship, being thrown into prison, he still chose to be faithful to God, still interpreting other people's dreams and become second in command in Egypt. I could go on and on all day about the decisions that we see throughout the Bible, the good ones and the dumb ones, and yet God uses them all to define and determine history. One of my favorite verses is Joshua 24, 15. It says this, Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that there is the most important decision that any of us can make. Most of us have made that. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. What decisions do we need to make in 2023? What are some things? How do, we want to, how do we want this year to look like? Where do we want it to go? What's really important in this season? When we decide now how we're gonna live tomorrow, it can save us a lot of really dumb decisions because sometimes, you know, we go through life and things happen and crisis hits, stuff goes wrong. But if we have already determined what our decision was gonna be, that we're still gonna serve God, that we're still gonna get to church, that we're gonna still love, that we're gonna still forgive, whatever it might be. If we've determined those decisions early, it's so much easier to be able to walk that direction without the emotion and the feelings clouding everything because we've already 
already decided, this is the way that I'm going to go. And it can be, you know, a lot easier to walk in the right direction. And I don't know about you, but I want 2023 to count. I want it to be a year that I can get to the end of and look back and go, man, I made some decisions at the beginning and this is where I've ended up and God was with me and they were good decisions. I want to set my year. I don't want, I don't want another 2022. Like that was a hard year, right? And God did some good things and we learned a lot. But I want to set 2023 as a year to go after God, to make a difference. And so I need to make those decisions now so that I can follow in that direction. So we're going to get into the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word this morning? But before we do, let's pray. Lord, we thank You that You are with us. We thank You, God, that we don't have to make decisions on our own, but You help us. You're right there beside us. And I pray today, God, that You would come into each of our hearts afresh. We want to experience and encounter You. We don't just want a good pep talk. God, we want to hear from You this morning. I pray that you would enter this room in a powerful way, that you'd begin to move and speak to each one of us, make your word alive and do what only you can do in our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, well, we are going to look at a miracle in the Bible as found in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. You can follow along if you've got your Bible or it'll be on the screen. We're going to read it together. I love the story. It's a great one. Mark chapter 2. All right. Here we go. Several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum and the news spread quickly that he was back in town. Soon there were so many people crowded inside the house to hear him that there was no more room, even outside the door. When Jesus was preaching the word, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. But when they realized that they couldn't even get near him because of the crowd, they went up on top of the house and tore away the roof above Jesus' head. And when they'd broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. When Jesus saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are now forgiven. This offended some of the religious scholars who were present. And they reasoned among themselves, Who does he think he is to speak this way? This is blasphemy for sure. Only God himself can forgive sins. Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and said to them, why are you being so skeptical? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are now forgiven, or stand up and walk. But to convince you that the Son of Man has been given authority to forgive sins, I say to this man, stand up, pick up your stretcher, and walk home. Immediately, the man sprang to his feet in front of everyone and left for home. When the crowds witnessed this miracle, they were awestruck. They shouted praises to God and said, we have never seen anything like this before. Well, this story is pretty exciting, and we're going to go through it a little bit slowly and just pull out a bunch of things from this story. But, you know, the first thing I want to just point out is that Jesus was popular, He was the guy that everyone wanted to see. Whether you were a fan or a Pharisee, if you were a follower or a hater, it didn't matter. You wanted to see what Jesus was going to do. You wanted to hear what he had to say. So I can just imagine this scene. You know, Jesus has been away for a little while. He just enters Capernaum with his disciples. Someone probably sees the group of them and word starts to spread. Man, did you hear? Jesus is back in town. It's like Chinese whispers. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's like, man, cancel 
cancel that plan. We've got to get to that house. I heard he was going to Peter's house. Let's get there early because we know that it's going to fill up. There's going to be no room. We've got to go. We've got to hear what Jesus is going to say. We've got to see what he's going to do. And in the midst of all this talking and chatter and the words getting out and the crowds are starting to follow and everyone's trying to get to their house, there's these five guys, four friends, and their other friend who is paralyzed. And they obviously got word that Jesus was back. And they decided, man, this is the day. This is the day that our friend's life is gonna get turned around. This is the day we're gonna get our friend to Jesus and he's going to get healed. Nothing's gonna stop us. Come on, boys, let's go. So what did they do? They got their friend. They must have said, hey, this is the day. This is what we're gonna do. Here's the plan. Now, remember, there was no Uber. There's no taxis. There's no cars. They didn't even have Nikes back then. Like, they're sandals. So they grab a mat. They grab a stretcher. Their friend is on the stretcher. Four of them carry each end, and they start making their way to the house where Jesus is speaking. Now, I don't know uh, how long this would have taken them to get to this place, but I can imagine that even if you walked for an hour carrying this guy on a stretcher, you're probably not going to get that far. Like, it's, it's hard work. You can't, you can't go that fast. And so I imagine, and I don't know, but did they walk one hour? Did they walk two hours, maybe three, maybe four? Maybe it took them half the day. But finally, they make it to the house. They make it to where Jesus is. And you know what? They're late. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus has already started preaching. I like these boys. They follow my style. They were late. And they arrive on the scene. But what do they see? They see crowds everywhere. They can't even get in the door. They can't even get near the door, let alone in the door. And I don't know what they're feeling, but I can imagine they are tired. They're exhausted. They stink. They've been carrying this guy for hours, and now they get here, and everything is blocked. They can't even get near. Honestly, if that was me, and I was carrying my friend, I would sit down, and I would cry. (laughs) I'd be tired, I would be exhausted, and I'd be really upset, and I'd be really, really disappointed. And this is the first decision that we see that these boys have to make, and one that we all have to make. What will you do with disappointment? Disappointment hits us all, some in minor ways, sometimes in major ways. Life brings dreams, but it also brings disappointments. And how many of you know that over the last couple of years, we've had plenty of disappointments. We've had plenty of setbacks. And it's always so hard to deal with. It can often lead to disillusionment. It can lead to discouragement. It can lead to anger, to offense. Disappointment is a really difficult one. When everything goes wrong, even John the Baptist in the Bible, he was even in danger of getting offended. The Bible says in Luke 7, 18, that um, he got to the place where he actually sent out his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the expected one or do we need to look for someone else? Remember, John the Baptist was the guy that prepared the way for Jesus. He baptized Jesus. He saw God come down from heaven. like He knew that this was the guy. But when he found himself in prison and disappointment hit him and he was in danger of offense, he had to send out his own disciples to say, man, are you really? Are you really the one? Do we need to wait for someone else? It's moments like these that I call decision collisions. You know, it's these moments when it's so important to make good decisions, but it's so hard to do. When there are no easy answers and there's only hard choices left, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna respond? But if we have already decided that even when disappointment comes, 
we're still going to follow God. We're still going to go in the right direction. And even though it's still really hard, it is a lot easier. When our circumstances collide with what we know is our destiny or God's plan, then what we decide at that point determines how the collision will affect our path and from there on out. And you know, God can use those collisions, whether they're good or bad, God uses it all. That's the God that we serve. He can use everything and anything. But our decisions do determine how those things are used, how those collisions in our lives result and what our destiny ends up. Well, let's look at what these boys did when they came up against huge disappointment. They'd made all that effort to get to the door. They really thought that this was the day the healer was in town and this was gonna be the moment where their friend got their life back. I can imagine that they thought, man, it is a lot of effort to carry this guy all the way. I mean, he is heavy. But you know what? Don't worry about it because we're not gonna have to carry him back. We're all gonna run back together. This was gonna be the day. And I love their attitude because when they, when they get to this big crowd and when they see that there's no way in, I don't know what they did, but in my head, I reckon they had a bit of a group huddle, they had a bit of a pep talk, they probably said, you know what, we did not come all this way to turn around and go back now, we came to get our friend to Jesus, and come what may, that is what we are going to do, I don't know how, and then maybe the leader of those four, he starts looking around, they're looking around, they're looking around, and, and what does he do, he looks up, he thinks, okay boys, if we can't go in, Let's go up. And so they grabbed that guy, and I don't know how they got him onto the roof, because they couldn't even get to the door. Somehow they got to the side of the house, maybe around the back, and then it's one thing carrying a guy on a stretcher, right, like walking, but how do you lift him onto a roof? Like, I feel like this took a lot of effort. Maybe they had some crowd participation that helped them, I don't know, but they decided that if they, couldn't find, if they couldn't get through the door, if the door was blocked, then they were gonna make their own door, and that's what they did. They were getting to Jesus today. Now, Stephen Furtick, he does a great message on this passage, and I have taken a few of his thoughts because they're so good, and um, one thing that he said is that some of the greatest things that can happen to you in life is to be turned away at the front door because then it forces you to find another door. It's not a normal door. This is the door for people that have made a decision that they're not gonna let disappointment deter them. They're not gonna let obstacles get in their way. They're not gonna let anything stop them from getting to Jesus. No matter what, they decided that determination would drive them and disappointment would not deny them. And that decision caused a collision with the roof, actually. And they pushed through their disappointment. What will you and I do when disappointment comes? It is a decision that we need to make, that no matter what the disappointment is in life, we are still going to make our way to Jesus. In verse 4, it says, When they had broken through... This is another decision that these boys made. They decided that they were going to break through. So they decided they were going to get their friend to Jesus and that they weren't going to let disappointment deter them, but they also decided that they were going to break through. Somehow, some way, they were going to get through. And so often in life, isn't it true that we give up just a little bit too soon? You know, we 
heading down a track and we're pushing and we're, we're going a certain direction, but it just gets a little bit hard and we just get a little bit tired and it's so easy to just throw in the towel and think, oh, you know what, never mind. I guess there's going to be something else that's going to happen. I guess there'll be some other way. But you know what? I want to encourage us today. Make a decision that you are going to break through. That is the God that we serve. He is the God of the breakthrough. We're not created to not break through. We're not created for status quo. We're, just, we're created to break through that roof. That's what God has for each one of us. If we decide to set our eyes on Jesus and we're determined to get to him no matter what our circumstances, we will break through. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if we look for God wholeheartedly, we will find him. You know, we will get our breakthrough if we don't give up. If we're willing to push through the pain, if we're willing to push through the obstacles, push through those, those voices that are telling us we can't do it and we can't make it, if we keep going long enough, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we keep running towards him, then eventually we will get to him, we will break through. It may not look exactly how we hoped or how we thought, but we will get that hole in the roof like those boys did and we will get our breakthrough. That's the God that we deserve. That's the God that we serve. And the decision of these friends to push through caused a collision with Jesus himself. So after these guys tore apart the roof and they lowered their friend down, and not just in the middle of the crowd, I mean, they lowered their friend right in front of Jesus. I'm wondering, how did they know where to make that hole in the first place? And you know, I often think about things like this, like, what was going on? Because Jesus was in the middle of preaching and they must have suddenly like heard some banging, some crashing, some like stuff falling down. Maybe there suddenly started to be big chunks of the roof falling down. I mean, I guess people kind of cleared out and started looking up. Did Jesus keep teaching or did he stop? I don't know, I would have loved to be there because that meeting, literally like they took the roof off. I mean, that was a meeting to be at. And I think that, um, verse five, it says this. It says, the four friends lowered their friend down to Jesus. And then Jesus saw the extent of their faith. Whose faith? Their faith, the friend's faith. Not the paralyzed man's faith. Jesus saw the extent of these friend's faith. And then he said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are now forgiven. You know, faith is always a factor. These friends made a decision to let their faith dictate, not their feelings, not their fear, not anything else. They were going to get let faith yeah. dictate. Yeah. If they didn't believe, they wouldn't have bothered with any of this. But because they were totally convinced that Jesus could and would heal their friend, they were going to do whatever it took. Now, I do think that at this point, the friends started getting worried. I mean, they were happy that their friend had got their sins forgiven, but they did not want to carry him back home. So they were still waiting for his legs to get healed. But you know what? Jesus was getting to that. Uh, thank God that this man had friends who believed for him what maybe he couldn't believe for himself. What a blessing that must have been to this guy. You know, faith will cause a decision collision every time. Every time we choose faith over fear, mountains are gonna move. Every time we choose faith over feelings. You know, when we, we pray through this, it's, it is a decision. Faith doesn't just happen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We've gotta get into the word of God. We gotta pray it through. We gotta speak it out. We gotta set our mind that we're gonna have a mind that is faith-filled, not fear-filled, that is faith-filled, not even facts-filled. It is a decision, it is a direction. But man, it's one that God honors. 
We see it over and over and over in his word. You know, so many of Jesus' miracles, he said, man, because of your faith. I think about the um, centurion, the centurion soldier. The Bible says that Jesus was astonished and went astonished at his faith. I think he said, I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel. And he went on to heal his son. When um, the woman who had the demon-possessed daughter came to Jesus and Jesus said, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. The woman with the issue of blood, same thing. Jesus said, beloved daughter, your faith has released your healing. Faith gets the attention of heaven. So these boys decided not to let disappointment deter them. They pushed through until they broke through and their faith caused their friend to to get his sins forgiven. You know, I want to mention another thing at this point. It's something I talk about a lot, but we need to ask ourselves the question, who are our four? This guy was pretty lucky to have these four as his friends. I mean, I don't know what would have happened if they hadn't brought him to Jesus, but there is a chance that he may never have got healed. But because he had friends that were willing to carry him to Jesus when he could not get there himself, his life changed. Who are those four in our lives? Who are those people that when everything falls apart, they're gonna stand with us, they're gonna fight with us, and they're gonna help us get back to Jesus. Maybe they even have to carry us to Jesus. And I've talked about it a lot, but I do really believe that life comes down to the people we surround us with, that it's a big contributing factor. It is so important to have the right people in our lives that are gonna bring us closer to Jesus and not further away. You know, we were never created to do life alone. We were never created to do life in isolation. And yet today, with social media and with, you know, everything on the cloud at our fingertips and, you know, we can work from home, even through COVID, it's never been more easy to do life by yourself. You don't actually have to interact with people. And yet, that is not what God has planned. And we see why in this story. We can't do it alone. There are some things we just can't do by ourselves. Sometimes we just need a community around us. We just need a family that's gonna help us, that's gonna pray with us. We just need a small group that we're in that's gonna get us through those tough times of life. And in the good times of life, we're gonna go higher together. I wanna encourage you today, find your four, find your group, find your community, whatever it looks like for you in 2023. Decisions that we make on our own are great. But if we have someone that we share that decision with and they journey through with us, we're far more likely to achieve it. We're far more likely to hold firm to it. Find people around you this year. Make that decision. Who are those friends that are going to get me closer to Jesus? Because that's the goal, right? We want to get closer to Jesus. And these four friends made a massive difference in this guy's life. He would have never forgotten that day. He would have never forgotten those friends in his life that got him to Jesus. It um, affected, it collided with his future in such a big way. Before we get to the last thing, I just want to point out this one thing. In this passage, you know, as soon as this man got lowered through the roof and Jesus said to him, hey, your sins are forgiven, offense came. Straight away, offense came. We read that. It said that um, the religious scholars were offended at Jesus, but Jesus, and I love this, he supernaturally perceived their thoughts. He read their minds. So there's no point not telling Jesus what we're thinking or what we're really feeling. <laughs> he already knows. He can read our minds. Don't bother trying to hide it. But you know, often when we break through, offense will come. When we do something great, 
When we make a really good decision, when we take a stand, offense comes in. Some, someone says something, oh, whatever, you can't really do that, you can't go on, or you know, who do you think you are? Whatever it looks like, offense so often quickly comes, and we see that in this story, but you know, Jesus calls it out, and he says, well, you know, what's easier? Do you want me just to forgive his sins, or do you want me to heal him? Hey, I'm gonna do both. That's what Jesus said, and he said to the man, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk home. Now, we've talked a lot about the decisions of these four friends and what they had to do to get the paralyzed man to Jesus. But there was another person in this story, the paralyzed man himself, and he had to make a decision. He had to make a decision that he was gonna stand. You know, I don't know uh, what his history was, but probably he'd never stood before in his life. He didn't know what it felt like. He didn't know whether he could do it or not. There was a bunch of people that were mad because the roof had caved in. There was another bunch of people that were mad and offended at Jesus and that he'd forgiven his sins. And everyone was watching him. He was center of attention. And it's at this point that he has to decide, will I stand? Can I stand? What if I stand and I fall down? Am I gonna do it anyway? And you know, each one of us, we have to make the same decision in life over and over and over again. Will we stand? Will we stand? Jesus is telling him, stand. Do what you can't do. Do what you've never been able to do before. Stand up. Take that stretcher that they lowered you down on, what you came in, you're going out with, but not on it. You're gonna carry it out with you. And he had to stand in the face of conflict, in the face of doubt, the face of critics. And it required that decision on his part. And verse 12 says, immediately the man sprang to his feet and he, in front of everyone, and he left for home. That man came in through the roof, but he left through the very door that he couldn't find his way in in the first place. <laughs> Will you and I stand in the face of difficulty? Will you and I stand in the face of disappointment? Will you and I stand when it hurts? Will you and I stand when it's hard? Will we stand when everything in us just wants to give up? Will we stand when we think all we can do is sit? Will we stand when everyone around us is sitting. Will we stand when everyone's taking a different direction, but we know that God's calling us to go in this direction? It's not easy. And in this world that we live in, there's so many influences, there's so many voices out there, there's so many things that just are so easy to not stand or, you know, just to kind of half stand, just slouch a little. Now God's calling us, 2023. Will we be a people that stands? You know, deciding to stand will lead to a collision. If we can stand up, we're gonna stand out for God. If we continue to stand, and if we continue to hold steady, then we're actually gonna leave a legacy for those following behind us. (laughs) So often, I always think this, I always think it's just about me. But you know what? Life is not just about us. Our decisions and our ability to stand doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone around us, and it affects our kids, and it affects those following behind us. The generations to come will remember, did they stand or didn't they? Did you stand or didn't you? Did you stand and make a difference when it was hard? They're gonna remember the stories will be passed down. The legacy will be played out in the future. The Bible says in Romans 14 verse four, that God's power supported and enabled them to stand. I love that. God will support and enable us to stand. 
You know, we don't have to do it on our own. That's why we have Jesus with us. It's his power. It's his strength. He comes alongside us, and he is going to help us to stand. That's what this young man had to do when he stood up against all the odds. The power of God healed him that day, and he was changed forever. And you know, he made his mark in history. We're still reading about him 2,000 years later. He made a stand, and he left a legacy. You know, standing firm can be the difference between just getting through life and making a difference in life. If we decide today, then we're gonna be able to do it tomorrow. Preset decisions are so important. They can really help us to make the right decisions, especially when God enables and empowers us to stand. A couple more verses on standing. 1 Corinthians 6 verse three says, stand firm in the faith. Ephesians 6 verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the enemy. And Galatians 5, 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. You know, all through the Bible, it's calling us to stand. God is calling us to stand. The, the um, people that we've talked about that made their mark in history, that made good decisions, the Noahs, the Davids, the Abrahams, the Josephs, the apostles, they're all cheering us on to stand, to stand up, to keep standing, no matter what happens, to make a stand for Jesus. It is decision time. You know, there is an enemy and he is out there and he does prowl around like a roaring lion. I think I've said this before, like a roaring lion, right? He does want to steal, kill and destroy. But we also have a savior that has already defeated that guy. We already have won the victory. There's nothing the enemy can do that God is not well able to defeat and to work on our behalf. He is for us. He's with us. He's standing alongside us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. With God, nothing is impossible. And he wants us today. He wants 2023 to be a year of decisions that are going to make us stand up and stand out for God, that are going to bring fruitfulness and blessing, that even if hardship comes, even if things don't go right, we can still be fruitful. We can still be blessed. We can still stand because God is with us. Hmm. You know, the end of the passage says, immediately the man sprang to his feet in front of everyone and left for home. The decision of the four friends and this paralyzed man, as well as the Jesus factor, created a decision collision that resulted in a significant moment in history that's recorded and remembered today for all of us to to read and to learn from. It resulted in lives changed. It resulted in an amazing miracle. And Jesus is the same today as he was back then. He has the same miracle he had for that man, for you and I today. He wants to do something in your life. And if I could have the band, that'd be great. We're going to just allow God to begin to speak to us this morning. And I want to encourage us, why don't we decide to be like the five that we've read about today? Let's make a decision that disappointment is not going to knock us out of the race. Let's make a decision that we are going to fight through until we break through. Let's make a decision that we're going to stand in faith. Let's make a decision that we're going to have that four that are going to bring us closer. It doesn't have to be four. (laughs) But, you know, we're going to have those friends that bring us closer to Jesus. And let's make a decision that we're going to stand. But you know what? I don't really want you to make all those decisions this morning. What I want is for God to speak to each one of us. Because we probably only need to make one decision. Just one or two things. What does God want you to decide now that's going to determine how this year plays out for you? 
What is God calling you to decide in your heart? It might not be anything I've said. Maybe it was from last week. That you can make a decision just to be thankful and to have that attitude of gratitude. We're going to um, sing Champion because I love that song. You know, it says giants fall when, we stand, when God stands undefeated. And, you know, we, I am who he says I am. I want those words to wash over you. But I want you to have a moment with God this morning where he speaks to you and just maybe just challenges you. Man, this is the decision that I want you to make for this year. You know, the, the, the best thing in life and, and my biggest goal always every year is that I get closer to Jesus. That's what these friends did. They, they ran to Jesus. They got their friend to Jesus. They, they also got to Jesus. That's, that's what we want to do this year. But what is it that we can decide now that's going to help us to get closer to Jesus? Because in that moment, that's where our miracle is. That's when we break through. That's when we find life. That's, that's the source. That's the source of being able to stand. So why don't you stand? And we're going to sing champion. And why don't you allow God just to speak into your heart this morning and stir your faith. And I do want to say, you know, if for whatever reason you feel like maybe you just, I don't know, you're not in such a great place and your faith is a bit low and maybe you haven't kept pushing through, that's okay. Today's the day. It's the beginning of a new year. That's why I love a new year, right? We get to start afresh, make some decisions and allow God to change our future.